0: There's this, like, one podcast, the Lights Out podcast, that they redid their studio. Like, look at how cute that is. Yes. So cute. I'm just like, goals. If we were better at our jobs, you would get a better (laughs) background, but that's so
1: same (laughs) i like tried to. yeah it's
0: not uh. you know i said i was following my dreams i didn't say i was good at it same welcome to the red rum and red wine podcast y'all the podcast where we talk about murder mystery mishaps and our terrible life failures Uh, my name is kristen
1: my name is sarah (laughs) cheers
0: (laughs) cheers <laughs> cheers to um uh drinking again hello, white hello. it has been about a week and I feel pretty good i feel uh it was a nice little it's not a tea break it's like an a break a little alky break
1: yeah mm. and both probably
0: yeah because right. oh my god off of two white claws i'm feeling it
1: Oh nice. <laughs> Hi. Well, congratulations. I thank you. um thank you. I drank wine earlier and we ran out. So for the recording, I'm going completely from left field here. Uh, Crawford Bach by Carbach. It's a Texas yeah. beer. It's been in my fridge since like last summer. Um don't sponsor because the first sip that
0: sarah took did not look
1: it's okay it's just y'all know i drink me my ipas when i have beer and this is not an ipa Mm -mm. no Um, she ain't what is it 4.5 uh it's a classic ballpark beer oh i would probably like that No, it's it's actually pretty good. It's a lighter beer, but it Mm -hmm. doesn't taste like a super light beer. It actually does taste a little full bodied and flavorful, although it's only four point five percent. Oh, beer kind of sore up in the house. Whoa, just reading the information was literally
0: like, (laughs) "Damn, you are really fucking good at describing beers." (laughs) Holy shit. Well, yeah, it's like yeah. <laughs> if someone doesn't fucking hire us after that, goddamn, she's just dropping that knowledge.
1: Beer <laughs> is a passion. Yeah. It's a lifestyle, yo. A home run every time. But yeah, it's just, a, it's probably going to make me a little more burpy, So I apologize in advance. It's
0: okay. I think um, we're used to the sounds that <laughs> come out of our body at this point. <laughs> True. Uh, well, I'm excited. No, I. <laughs> we always start off like that, and it's just never—it's never good. Okay, I am. Yes. What are you talking about today? Well, what's a good adjective? What's a good um? What is it? Verb, noun? What's a good ad? Adjective. Adjective.
1: About how you're feeling.
0: About how? Well, uh, yeah, uh, I am. I'm not eager. I am like intrigued. Intrigued. I am mystified as to what you were going to be talking about today. There we go.
1: Yes. Well, mm. <laughs> in lieu of school starting back up this semester for us and many other college students around the nation,
0: Uh-oh. I decided to go
1: with <laughs> with a uh, I Think I know. <laughs> School themed case. Lovely. And um here's where I stop the laughing, okay, because okay. I will be talking about the first modern school shooting. Oh shit. Um, so us, especially you know, all over the world, but we're familiar with mass shootings or spree shootings in America, especially school shootings have been an unfortunate yet common part of the modern day. And um, so today I will be talking about the school shooting that kind of was the first of its kind and may or may not have triggered a trend of school shootings. Hmm. Brenda Ann Spencer, Some call her the grandmother of school shootings, was a 16-year-old girl with long red hair. She wore like those big aviator style glasses on her face, but not sunglasses like they were her glasses, super 70s vibe. She was born on April 3rd, 1962 in San Diego, California, Um, but she grew up a little outside San Diego or, you know, just in a suburb of San Diego. And her parents divorced when she was about nine years old. And so after that divorce, Brenda and her two siblings, her brother and her sister, they went to live with her dad. Brenda's father, Wallace Spencer, is described as a bitter man. He kind of like hated the world. And after the divorce, their mother, Dot Spencer, apparently became pretty stone cold herself, and she didn't really go out of her way to have a relationship with her children. So they lived with their father, and their mom was just kind of out of the picture. As a young girl, Brenda was described as active, happy, and good in school, a well well student but she was
0: she was a well student (laughs) she was well at student (laughs) she was well at studenting yes
1: at some point this all changed throughout brenda's you know young younger teenage years she got really into petty theft drug abuse and use and truancy she quickly gained the rep kind of as a problem child Mm. and apparently she had an interest in guns from a pretty early age Mm. and also just an interest in violence or stories of violence in general she often would terrorize the neighborhood with her bb gun shooting at windows and whatnot and although Brenda seemed pretty troubled and had this kind of rep and whatnot, this wouldn't stop her father Wallace from giving her a semi-automatic 22 caliber rifle and ammunition for Christmas in 1978 when okay, Brenda that- was 16 years old. That's just bad parenting.
0: That's like this whole last school shooter all over again yeah mm-hmm. why do parents think it's a i i don't get that that's been like my biggest issue with like the people that fucking eh, fight with me yeah out.
1: well aside from being a certain age i think one needs to have the mental capacity to understand and use again properly and responsibility People don't always get that training weapon or that you're holding. have that common sense so receiving this rifle inspired brenda to graduate from her petty crimes and she kind of started dreaming of you know going on to bigger and grander crimes she even started to tell some of her classmates or friends that she was going to get on TV by doing something big.
0: I'm just like, damn, out of all of the things for a woman to do for first, we just had to do this. Really? <laughs> Fuck me. We
1: did a lot of things for the first time, including this crazy shit. So, Do you want to know what women really did first? Because
0: I'll tell you. <laughs> We started school shootings. Mm. Mm. <laughs> Mess with does us, not help our case. Uh, <laughs> oh my god, and we're canceled. <laughs> now I see why we got
1: three stars. <laughs> she went <a> ratata. <laughs> so on the morning of Monday, January twenty ninth, nineteen seventy nine. Brenda Spencer told her father, Wallace, that she was feeling too sick to go to school that day. So, Wallace leaves to go to work around 7 a.m. And then around 8.30 a.m., Brenda grabbed her 22 caliber rifle that was equipped with a telescope sight.
0: Ooh.
1: And something about this rifle is that it was very lightweight. And it had little to no recoil. So it was very popular among teenagers or, you know, younger adults, Mm -hmm. maybe women, because of that lack of recoil. It's very kind of, it's very manageable for a younger person or beginner. Brenda set up her rifle in the front window of her home in the San Diego suburb called San Carlos. She aimed it across the street towards Grover Cleveland Elementary School, which was about 150 feet across the way. And in front of the Cleveland Elementary School, children were gathered outside of the school's front gates waiting to be let inside of the school grounds. So Principal Burton Rags started to unlock the front gates about five minutes uh, before like the start of the school day. He did this every day. He went to go unlock the front gates. So he did this as he did every other morning when Brenda started shooting from across the street. Brenda's target. Children. Police were dispatched immediately. Um, but Brenda did not care. Like, she went blazing. She didn't and, even, like,
0: wait to get into the school. She just...
1: Well, she never... No, she never went to the school. She just shot from across her, the street from her house the whole time. That's crazy, man. And news spread pretty quickly, uh, you know, very quickly um, after the police were called so did the media sorry i can't talk no you're good that kind of made sense yeah so the media showed up as well and um it was like a big deal very quickly so like i said brenda didn't care that the cops were called she did not that did not stop her So students ran in a panic from the schoolyard area, and others were told by teachers to huddle beneath desks, I guess, that were already in the school, that had made it into the school. She Teachers would tell them, you know, huddle under the desk, stay away from the windows. You know, later, throughout the assault process, students were ushered to safety in the school auditorium, and nearby homes were also evacuated. The first person that Brenda actually struck with a bullet was nine-year-old Monica Selvig. Mm. She was shot in the stomach area. She did survive. And as Brenda continued to shoot, Principal Burton Rag would rush to try and guide various children to safety, most of whom were absolutely paralyzed by fear, you know, to what was going on.
0: yeah.
1: But as Principal Ragg was trying to help the children, he was shot in the chest and killed. Mm. The school's custodian, or one of them, I'm not sure, Michael J. Sutcher, a.k.a. Mike, was a World War II veteran, and he was actually attempting to drag Principal Burton Ragg's body away from the gunfire after he had been shot. But in the process mike was shot and killed
0: Uh, i oh i don't know why it always fucks me up so much to think like you survived a fucking war to come oh yeah i'm just like i have a comment like
1: towards the end from one of his sons making a similar comment to that
0: and it's just like he was doing like you can tell he's a vet just by the fact that he's literally trying to drag the principal's body out there like yeah
1: out of there uh. brenda would proceed to shoot and hit nine-year-old cam miller he was shot in the chest just an inch away from his heart mm. and he survived brenda also shot police officer robert rob the bullet kind of went in and grazed his neck apparently like it grazed or barely missed his jugular by like the slightest amount. He survived and um, he was actually shot as he tried to carry wounded students to safety. Mm. The police were actively trying to figure out where the shots were coming from and I believe they pretty much narrowed it down to coming from Brenda's house Pretty quickly, they, you know, kind of located it as the origin of the shooting. And in the middle of Brenda's attack, her home telephone rang. So she paused her shooting to answer it. On the other end of the line was a reporter or reporters from the San Diego Tribune. Shut the fuck up. They were calling Brenda to one, kind of confirm the identity of the shooter, um, you know, to get a little information, probably, you know, to try and talk them down, assist police police officers, and probably to get a lead on this like breaking I mean, story. That was not the time. <laughs> there was like, it kind of seemed from the show I watched on this, there's a documentary on Amazon I don't like Mondays and one of the sheriff or one of the police office main sh- dudes police officers mentioned about how he was kind of harassing her and was outside of her house with a megaphone and I'm sure maybe the police were trying to call her as well but she kind of has this thing against police officers so I don't know if they if she was like intentionally ignoring them or if they were just trying to use a megaphone i don't know but basically somehow she gets on the phone with reporters and um i mean it's one of probably, the reporter it's probably obviously a good thing because
0: it gets her to stop doing what she's doing it's just right just so random like she yeah. answers the phone hello hi i'm just calling to get the lead are you the person that's <laughs> shooting all these kids. I'm just yeah. curious.
1: Well and who knows? Because this is where it's really just um the fucked up part and why this case is well known and was just kind of like the epitome or the the grandmother of school shootings because there wasn't like a pure motive. It's fucked up. So One of the reporters asked why Brenda why are you doing this and she said I just wanted to I don't like Mondays this livens up the day. I just started shooting that's it I just did it for the fun of it. When asked if she was shooting at anyone in particular Brenda answered no (laughs) sorry no one in particular I kind of like the red and blue jackets. She would later say, not on this phone call, but in another report, it said she would say it was fun to watch the children that had red and blue ski jackets on as they made perfect targets. And that she, quote unquote, liked to watch them squirm around after they had been shot. Okay. Just before hanging up the phone with the reporters, Brenda said, I have to go now. I just shot a pig. AKA police officer, I think, and I want to shoot some more. So she hung up the phone and she continued shooting. By the end of Brenda's assault, it would last. Well, okay. So I, at first I read like 15 to 16 minutes, and then I read somewhere 20 minutes. So it lasted anywhere from 15 to 20 minutes. And um, I believe it was said that she shot around 37 rounds. Oh, damn. Yeah, so basically what ended it was that a police officer and a security guard risked their lives and drove a garbage truck in front of Brenda's line of fire, basically blocking the children from her and blocking her line of sight. And that is shown in one of the pictures, Kristen, where it uh, shows... Where the front of Brenda's house would be. I'm not sure exactly which one it was. It's like one of the two in the middle there. But the garbage truck is shown in the like driveway of the school parked horizontally, blocking the line of sight. Mm -hmm. So we'll post that.
0: Wow. So her house just so happened to be in the right fucking place at the most wrong fucking time. Yeah. Oh, I just think of like how many times she looked out of that window probably like imagining it
1: like weeks
0: and months leading up to that.
1: Years later in one of her parole hearings because spoiler alert she goes to fucking jail like going back to the motive thing it was asked of her like did you used to hear all the school children out there every day did you hear hear them laughing and having fun like were you jealous of their happy lives and is that why you wanted to shoot them? And she was just like, no, like I just decided to that day. And so I'll get into more of that later, but like, it really, because it, it does make you think if she if she was hearing the children if they annoyed her if she was jealous of them because of her home situation which if i'll she get had into resentment
0: if or she if had resentment
1: was, any kind of motive or if it was but literally no, you
0: being a teenager and thinking you know what fuck this and just making the most it's literally
1: she didn't like mondays okay garfield <sighs> like do you want a piece of lasagna get over it The approximate 320 students from the elementary school were kind of held on lockdown for more than an hour, and then they were all taken by bus to another school, um, probably to meet up with their parents and continue whatever they needed to do from there. Um, A lot of the parents were, you know, like I said, the news of this spread super fast. Parents were being called. They didn't know what the status of their child's safety was. They didn't know if they were involved in any of of the injuries, how many injuries there were, if any. And so it was
0: even alive or not.
1: Yeah. It created this worry and panic for good reason amongst the parents. Um, But ultimately, Brenda had shot two people dead, which was the principal and custodian, Mr. Rag and Mr. Suture um he had she had injured eight children and a police officer so 11 victims firsthand I guess I could say I mean everyone's a victim in this case because another thing I'll mention later on is just the ripple effect of these situations so after the whole garbage truck ordeal blocking uh, Brenda's line of sight, eventually police were able to, and SWAT were able to surround her house. And they had a six or six and a half hour standoff and negotiation process. So basically, the 16 year old yeah Brenda she barricaded herself in the house and wouldn't come outside, and they didn't want to f- be forceful, I guess, and yep. so I guess. which is i think good great in my opinion, because um we'll find out details later on where a lot of people were surprised that Brenda was alive at the end of this ordeal, so um. Brenda eventually agreed to come out of the house, unbarricade herself. She exited the home. She set down her weapon and was very quiet and calm and was abiding, I guess. (laughs) Uh, She was grabbed by two armed police officers and taken to police headquarters. So, Kristen, there's a picture of her wearing a beanie and the sweater with the glasses on with her handcuffed, like that's what she was wearing that day during her assault it's almost she was like Mm, fucking yeah dressed in i don't know she was like dressed the part kind of serial
0: killer garb yeah something dexter would have worn you know exactly
1: what dexter would have worn Police would find a a great deal of unspent ammunition in Brenda's house. um I read like around two hundred rounds of un- unspent ammunition, but then somewhere I read like five hundred rounds. So who knows? Uh, it's a lot. On a mission. She had enough.
0: That's why I'm Jeez. like, how how can there had to be some premeditation with that? Unless the family just kept that on deck, which okay parents you gotta what are you preparing for zombie apocalypse i didn't think that that was a thing back then
1: right well when brenda was finally detained she was asked again what her motive was and she kind of stuck with the whole i don't like mondays thing Mm -hmm. sure um for their heroic response officers sharon newberry Theodore Kasinac and Rob, I think, which is the one who got shot in the neck that I mentioned mm-hmm. earlier, mm-hmm. would be awarded the San Diego Police Department's highest award for heroism, the medal for Baylor. Uh, and about, about Brenda a little bit a classmate of hers said that she talked about shooting people pretty often yeah. and that she wanted to make a living as a sniper.
0: Yeah, no, it's, this is premeditated. It's not just because she doesn't like Mondays.
1: Well, yeah, no, it was definitely premedita- premeditated. Um, but other than just wanting to do it just because basically like She She had no proper motive.
0: Just so happened to decide that Monday that she was going to follow through her.
1: Yeah. A friend of Brenda's would say she hates cops. She's always saying she wants to kill cops. Always saying she wants to blow one away. I thought she was crazy, but I thought she was just talking and I didn't think she'd really do it. When we'd be watching cop shows and one got shot, she'd say, all right. (gasps) Brenda. By the time she went to court, Brenda's defense attorney and defense team claimed that Brenda suffered from a broken home, an abusive father, drug use, and hostility towards authorities and society in general. Brenda was being charged as an adult due to the seriousness of her of her crime, but because she was still a minor, she was exempt from the death penalty and she did strike strike a deal. Hmm. So in either 1979 or 1980, she pled guilty to two counts of first-degree murder and assault with a deadly weapon. She was being faced with um, nine counts of attempted murder on top of that, but that ended up being dismissed, I guess, part of her deal. And her pleading to this deal also gave up her right to a jury trial, um, along with the opportunity to testify, you know, for her defense, uh, I guess, you know, to give any kind of side of the story she wanted to give. So she was just kind of sent to jail. Yeah. She was sentenced to uh, two concurrent terms of 25 years to life in prison with the possibility of parole and trust me boy did she try to get paroled literally every chance she
0: has gotten wait i'm so sorry did she have that haircut
1: while she was getting sentenced or after she got sentenced are you talking about the mullet yes that's after because she this happened in 79 she just pled guilty in 79 or 80 and that photo is taken in 94 god prison has done her well yeah i thought about including a picture of her like from a year ago
0: but i kind of forgot
1: and i didn't
0: i'll throw it in there i always add some extra for the youtube if you ever want to see like all of the photos attached to the case check out the youtube because i throw some super super grainy photos up here for y'all to see so
1: (laughs) Brenda would later say to her parole board in 2001, she would kind of express some guilt for, um, I guess, starting a trend with school shootings. Oh. She would say, with every school shooting, I feel I'm partially responsible. What if they got the idea from what I did? Man. And then, you know, I guess that parole attempt was denied because she had another parole hearing in 2005 she claimed that she this was like the uh, amazon documentary i watched this parole hearing was featured heavily throughout the documentary and so they kind of interviewed because she didn't testify during her original sentencing or trial because she didn't get a trial
0: like her side of the story out pretty much yeah
1: so during this parole hearing she was being railed and interviewed and like heavily heavily questioned so again asked kind of in regard to her motive she claimed that she didn't intend on shooting anyone, but rather on committing suicide. She claims she was wanting to die, basically. I guess she was hoping for a suicide by cop scenario because she she said in the hearing that she knew if she started shooting towards the school, that police would immediately come and kill her. But ultimately, um, the cops didn't kill her. She didn't kill herself. She admitted that she didn't kill herself because she got scared and chickened out. She also stated that she had attempted suicide within the previous year. Um, She also said she screwed it up, quote, every time. So I don't know how many times she attempted, attempted suicide, but I think it was more than once. And she apparently couldn't do it. So, yeah. Like I said, her memory in this trial seemed to be a little bit foggy when asked about certain details. You know, she was asked, "So, you weren't trying to hit anybody after she claimed she didn't intend to." She replied with, "Not that I remember." And uh they the prosecutors or the people on the parole board or whoever their side was, uh, pointed out that the amount of shots she fired versus the people who were hit show an actual incredible accuracy I was gonna say for not quote-unquote wanting or trying to hit people so I mentioned she fired off 37 rounds 11 people were hit two dead nine injured that is that... over 30 percent accuracy rate for a 16 and... year old sniper and so when you're just... shooting towards a crowd of children it could be you know it gives you that advantage of hitting maybe more than normal unfortunately but yeah because um, moving, she but... had to still be aiming toward towards the crowd of children if you, you were... know you don't just aim willy-nilly if
0: you're aiming willy nilly, you're like aiming up in the sky, you're aiming down to the pavement, like you're not aiming into a crowd of people because as soon as you put that gun into the crowd of people, you were saying, I do not care if this bullet accidentally hit someone because I don't value life in that aspect. Like, I
1: you know. And she was even one of the questions, I didn't write it down, so I'm not going to quote it, but Brenda was asked, so. When you saw all of the children screaming and running away for their lives, you didn't think to stop trying to shoot at them even though you weren't trying to hit them. You know, like they were just trying to literally trap her in her own because it whatever no no matter what I guess what type
0: of word you try to spin around the events, there's no way that you can say that any of that was accidental or oh i wasn't trying to harm someone in some way because there are just
1: well she doesn't claim it was accidental at all but when asked about her you know previous remarks to saying i don't like mondays basically they asked her so what was up with that she said Yeah, I might have said that. It would have been the drugs and the alcohol talking, though. Because she claimed to have taken pills that morning, smoked marijuana with PCP on it, and drinking whiskey. Okay. I was like, don't give
0: marijuana a bad name, but when he throws my PCP on it, that's a...
1: And in the Amazon documentary, she talked about how she was hallucinating and she looked out of the window and saw like guys in military outfits, basically a war scene going on. Um, But apparently they took a blood and urine sample of Brenda's when she was arrested and taken immediately into custody. And apparently it tested clean. So it wasn't necessarily the drugs or alcohol talking when she said she just didn't like Mondays. So she didn't
0: even have drugs and alcohol like whatsoever in her system?
1: Apparently. So her defense team actually would try and claim that evidence was tampered with. Because like that has been, I guess, a strong part of her... Defense is claiming that she was under the influence of drugs and alcohol um and so they've tried to say that evidence has been tampered with but it's been shut down and hasn't gone anywhere those claims mm, don't help and that's
0: such a fucking era where you will throw drugs on that problem and just hope that it gets solved that's, yeah oh and you're giving it such a bad name bro i mean the pcp i totally agree that's fucking bad but that's just such PCP a pcp will make
1: you hallucinate and that'll that'll not that I know. I've never if you're done gonna it.
0: murder someone on a drug i mean like pcp is for sure one of i've the, just seen a lot one of top of ones cops
1: episodes and
0: yeah they, they love to show people, people on pcp crazy. okay that's like that and bath salts man don't touch with those don't mess with those you're gonna end up on an episode of cops and um they don't need your consent they'll just blur your fucking face out but you'll know that it's you and you'll feel that shame (laughs) every time you watch that fucking episode it's Mm. not worth it don't ever do drugs kids unless it is what god grew from this great earth potatoes marijuana coffee beans (laughs) the triangle of life (laughs) (laughs)
1: same thoughts, dude. (laughs) I was going to say it's the triangle of life. So during this parole, Brenda also shared um, what she had shared this information or kind of testimony earlier, because I saw some clips of her with that mullet talking about this, maybe I guess in the 90s. But she also specifically brought it up in her trial for her parole in 2005. So um, she shared how her mother just was not in the picture after her and her father's divorce. And when she was, so she was nine when her parents got divorced. And basically, ever since then, Wallace Spencer, her father, became very abusive sexually and most likely physically as well although it wasn't really specified apparently they slept in the same bedder- bed together at the time she was 16 and wallace started to fondle brenda at the age of nine which progressed into him sorry trigger warning uh, probably should have began with one of those but it progressed into him sexually assaulting her further almost every night Brenda's killing spree or shooting spree I should say quickly became inspiration for the hit song I Don't Like Mondays by the Boomtown Rats okay It was released in 1979 and was number one in the charts in over 30 countries worldwide. Brenda's father continued to live in the house where the shooting occurred, and he kept his silence about the whole ordeal. He never did interviews or television appearances. He never spoke on it, and he never owned up to sexually assaulting Brenda. Damn. What kind of is weird and creepy, though, is that after Brenda had been behind bars for a little bit, uh, she was apparently still at the juvenile detention center. Her father went to go visit her and ended up meeting a girl, I guess, when he was there. She was younger than Brenda and also resembled Brenda. Wallace would start having a sexual relationship oh. with this girl and then continued to marry her.
0: It's like when you, when you say stuff like that. Why did she have to go off and shoot a school? We could have done so much of that towards the father and this would have been a different storyline but you had to fucking i know
1: brenda's estranged mother would break her silence during all of this although like apparently the cops called brenda's mother when they found out that brenda was the shooter and she they were like your daughter's the active shooter like we need to come pick you up right now and like take you to the scene to help deal with this or whatever they tried to like say we need to come pick you up right now to deal with things she tried she I guess she was at work and I don't know what she did for work but she had a bunch of money in her desk that she was like counting or whatever and so she tried to say like no I can't like I have a bunch of money in my desk and they're like we don't care we're coming to get you you're coming with us your daughter is an active sh- school shooter right now She's like no wait
0: I don't think you're understanding me I just literally she like, don't care to talk to my don't daughter don't care
1: <laughs> okay and so but she would break her silence I guess eventually and she completely blames Wallace for all of this and not her for
0: not trying to get her daughter out of that situation that she right. knew that she was in
1: she believed that Wallace should be behind bars, if not with Brenda, but, like, instead of Brenda. Okay, and so, like, be a witness. Right? Like there was no child. Statute-, mm-hmm.
0: statute of limitations on rape should not be a thing. That's a topic for another
1: episode, but... Yeah. Um, From what I understood, all in all, Brenda Spencer has been denied parole about four times, but possibly more since, you know, 1979, I believe she was from like the most recent article I had read she was up for parole again in 2021, which was last year, Um, but I don't know how that ended up so i'm I'm pretty sure she's still in jail and i think that art that article was the one where i found the picture of her where she was so now in 2022 she would be about 57 58 because her birthday's in april so i think she turns 59 in april oh aries twin weird um so to end i'm going to talk about some of the victims and read some of the victim statements they had provided for her parole hearings and stuff like that. 53-year-old Burton Rag, which was principal Burton Ragg, left behind a daughter, son, and wife. And his wife and daughter were actually featured in the Amazon documentary. And His wife mentioned how she always kept the house just as it was the morning he left that day to go to school. Mm -hmm. It was just so sad. Uh, His son, Steve Ragg, wrote in his statement, my dad and Mike were the only two to die that day. The kids that they were trying to save all lived. Some of them were seriously injured, but all survived. I hope that somehow my dad and Mike know this. 56 year old Michael or Mike Sucher left behind a son and a wife. He could have had other children, I'm unclear, but uh, his brother Andrew Sucher noted in his statement that Michael had survived two ship sinkings during the war only to be killed by a 16 year old in a schoolyard. Yeah. The brother said that although his widowed sister in law lived until 1991, Um, her life actually ended in 1979 the victims are not only those killed but the survivors who live the tragedy for the rest of their lives crystal sorry no yeah she's a bitch crystal hardy who was 10 years old when she was shot by brenda recalled how she arrived to school and started hearing the gunshots. She looked over and saw Principal Rag and Custodian Mike Sucher laying there dead on the ground. She wasn't able to escape a bullet herself and remembered how she was laying, you know, I guess somebody carried her into the nurse's office. She was laying in the nurse's After being shot as bullets continued to go through the school windows, she would say I was greatly comforted when the policeman arrived to carry me away. I can still remember the pool of blood on the nurse's bed and the terror didn't end there. Later, of course, I had nightmares and to this day, I fear that someone is pointing a gun at me when I'm walking into open places. Francis Stites had two daughters in attendance at school that day he shared how a neighborhood called him and his wife about the shooting at the school um, knowing that they had their two daughters there and you know they immediately rushed to the school and they were distraught because they weren't allowed anywhere close to it and they all they cared about was finding out if their daughters were okay And so they went through the anguish of not knowing, which sucks, until they receive a phone call from the hospital telling them that one of their daughters had been wounded. The daughter that was in the hospital was seven-year-old Audrey, and she had a bullet hole in her right elbow with bullet burns on the inside of her thighs where a bullet had passed between her legs. She survived. The other daughter, and this is insane to me, she was saved by being struck by a bullet because she was holding a notebook with a pouch of pins and stuff that actually stopped the bullet from hitting her. Oh my God, dude. Both of these girls witnessed the deaths of Principal Burton Ragg and Custodian Michael Suture, and their father said that... You know, at that point, at least, quote, they still speak of hearing the gurgle and Mr. Rag as he lay there dying. If such evil can occur in such a benign and tranquil setting, then it can happen anywhere and probably will. Cam Miller, who I mentioned earlier, um, getting shot in the chest. He attended the parole hearing in person rather than sending a written statement And I think he was actually called to testify, I'm not sure, but he explained how his mother had just dropped him off at school when he saw the bodies of Mr. Rag and Mr. Suture. Then he blocked out as a bullet passed through him, an inch away from his heart and out of his chest. Although he survived, the trauma stayed with him, of course. He said, I would have to call my mother two or three times each night. To walk me around the inside of my house just so I knew that Brenda Spencer was not inside my house. Mm-hmm. This assault by Brenda was marked as one of the first modern day school shootings, not only in California, but in the United States. It was the first school shooting of its kind because it was among the few where more than like two to three people had died or were wounded you know there's like a couple of things that categorize it into one of the worst or first of its kind so there were two really bad like school or mass shootings before Brenda Spencer one was in 1966 at the University of Texas (laughs) where a gunman killed 17 people and wounded 31 in 1976 at Cal State Fullerton. Uh, Seven were killed and two were wounded. But both of these shootings involved adult male shooters. Mm -hmm. So Brenda being a student herself, student age, as the one who is the attacker, set her Case apart, and was the first school shooting of its kind. Yeah, even the
0: <clears throat> even the case that I had done with Andrew Kehoe, where he bombed like half of the school up, he was and. I don't even remember what his age was, but he was some old man who went in and was doing an attack on the school. But to have like an actual student, to have someone so young end up being it, I mean, like, I'm sure the officials were kind of, one, not suspecting it, and two, fucking shocked when they realized whose house it was probably coming from. And the fact that it wasn't the dad that was doing it, it was the fucking daughter.
1: Right, because they mentioned how one-on-one attacks were definitely more common. They weren't as surprising where a student attacked another individual or um, whatever have you, one-on-one attacks weren't as surprising, but this was unheard of at that time. Uh, Actually, you know, the United States and other nations have seen a dramatic rise in the frequency of mass shootings since 1979. Like, and it's incredibly ridiculous. Yes. A University of Southern California professor who has studied school shootings argued that while they can no longer be considered new, they tend to cast a wider and more significant effect on society through widespread news reporting. And obviously, social media, of course, it basically creates a larger ripple effect that impacts everyone, not only who is there involved, victims, witnesses, but people who see it on the news and social media. People see it and they get scared or freaked out, but people can also see it and get ideas from it. The Cleveland Elementary School where the shooting happened has since been sold and leveled in a new housing area has been built on the nine acre site a memorial for mr rag and mr suture was installed near the location on the corner of streets lake atlin and lake angela and i'm sure it's a memorial for the situation in general but since they're the two who passed away it was like specifically is for them Mm -hmm. and it was paid for by the community members so for these reasons Brenda Spencer's case her she's been labeled the grandmother of school shootings because it was the first of its kind and uh, we we really see the whole mass shooting, spree shooting school shooting thing take off from there and so that was Brenda Spencer's story and um, I know I didn't name all of her victims but you know they were mostly children and I didn't get all of their names some were featured in the documentary and in resources and a lot weren't so mm-hmm. I mentioned whom I could but let's remember that there were 11 in total the two killed Mr. Rag and Mr. Suture with nine being injured one a police officer and eight children so damn you
0: that's it's I hate to say, like, reassuring that no children were killed, but it's just such a terrible fucking case. And that's crazy how this is the first, I guess, like, student-on-student crime that we really see in America. And it's so fucking unfortunate that for whatever reason, our government just, you know, refuses to do something about it. Because it is getting to the point where it's literally we're seeing it being made fun of in commercials we're seeing it around like everyone just looks at us and is like why do you have so many school shootings and it's like i don't know why are we giving guns to children
1: everybody yeah
0: why why do we allow a fucking gun with a bottle of liquor here in texas we really don't but it's like seriously it's that easy to get one it's
1: very easy unfortunately it's just, So, yeah, on that note, cheers to um, keeping our children and just our fellow selves safe in the unexpected tragedy of mass shootings. Because, like I mentioned in one of the quotes, you know, the fact that it can happen in such a tranquil, Benign space such as an elementary school means it can happen everywhere. Yeah. It's all sorts of school campuses, public places. Um, just see something, say something, know your basic safety drills and escape routes and um let's not glamorize this. Yeah, yeah. I don't like Mondays is catchy by the boom rats. It is. And and I don't know, I don't think they were trying to glamorize it. They were kind of getting more in the mind of why the fuck she would do that. But still, it kind of glamorized it. And even if they didn't mean it to, it kind of glamorized it. So uh, watch I Don't Like Mondays on Amazon, if you're interested. they, They have a lot of good footage and photographs from the 70s when this happened. But like I said, it focuses on the 2005, I believe, parole hearing of Brenda so yeah
0: cheers to thank you for that case it was very well done and one that I had not heard about so
1: oh yay I love doing ones Kristen's never heard of hate
0: that women had to be first at something but (laughs) at least um at least I learned something while doing it I don't know yeah that's just a rough one but yeah man stay safe and keep the guns away from your kids unless you are properly training them on how, how to handle one <laughs> can't talk okay yeah.
1: and uh yeah follow and... us if you want oh yeah
0: nope i'm like <laughs> okay yeah the white <laughs> claw has kicked in way too much um to follow us on both our socials or email us i'll just do a 2 for one uh for all the latest and greatest
1: yay at r-a-r-w podcast and red rum and red wine podcast at gmail.com <laughs> and
0: until next time guys hopefully that's on tuesday will yay. it be <laughs> you never know that's what's so fun about watching the show
1: Ho, <laughs>